Hi, I'm Ivan Berry, the announcer for Fulham, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name is J-Mac and I'm not in my chateau or my penthouse today. No, nope, I'm recording live in Bishop's Park where I've been less depressed, drinking white lightning from a plastic bottle after just having punched a Colin the Caterpillar birthday cake into an obliteration because, well, Colin. And now I'm eating it because to make matters worse, it's delicious and it's the only thing making a Fulham fan feel sweet at this moment in time. 25 girls conceived. But first, we'd like to offer a huge thank you to Match Day announcer Ivan Berry for introducing this week's show. Ivan's voice goes hand in hand with the Match Day experience at Craven Cottage, and we are delighted he is part of the show this week. Cheers, Ivan. Joining me for rehabilitation this week are Matthew Reese, Reese Lightning, and the legend Mr. Matt Dom. All right, let's do this. Fulham. Right, guys, Cardiff. I can't bring myself to do a recap for this, really. We all saw it. People listening to this saw it. And Reese, you were actually there in South Wales on that fateful day. This one had feelings of Derby and Sunderland last season. I want to just start by asking how we all feel right now, um, without us going on a big Hamlet monologue and being too depressing. But I'll start with you, Reese, because you were there. How are you feeling, Nate? Um, somewhere between confused angry but mainly confused um there's part of me that's all a small percentage on me that understands that you know this is a tough time that we're going through with the injury crisis at the back end the fact that we can't get a consistent back four slash five slash three slash whatever formation you wish to choose together but at the same time even though we are going through this there has to be some level of just what is going on at the club you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not this is all down to Stuart Gray leaving. If whether or not he's like the foundation of it all, like a house, you take the foundation away, everything falls apart. I can't believe that it's simply down to that. But at the same time, when you're conceding as many goals as we are, you have to ask questions about what's going on behind the scenes at the club. I can understand. No, we're never going to go through a whole, you know, a whole season. And it's hard to keep clean sheets in this league. We're a promoted side. We're meant to be the underdogs in most games. Even, even when we're going away from home against fellow promoted sides, we should be, it should be the underdog. But it's the way that we're going about it. I can understand, you know, scoring two goals away at Cardiff is absolutely fine. But conceding four is just, it's inexcusable. If you conceded mm. one, that's probably fair if it had been by by a set piece, you know how Cardiff like to play, then that would have been fine. Had it been two, you know, a set piece and a penalty, again, you could have understood. But four, and particularly the way they came about, I don't want to single out any particular player, but my word, Callum Chambers did not have a fantastic, <laughs> did not have a fantastic first half. Tim Ream, for all the plaudits that he got last year, deservedly so, had a terrible game on, on Saturday. Um, gave away uh, more or less two goals uh the second one and the fourth one to wrap it up the fourth one the fourth one in particular he was a bit just basically trying to be too clever he was trying yeah. to make his defender one way trying to go the other i spotted it immediately what he was trying to do fell over 
they go. It wasn't straight away from that goal, but that's what sort of gave them that. That's what sort of started their their counter attack. Not really all that much more I can say, other than similar to Stuart Gray with the foundation one big piece. I will say this one thing: we did look somewhat better when Alfie Mawson came on. And I don't want him to be sort of or me in, in any sense dub him as you know the knight in shining armor. Once he's back to full fitness, everything's all hunky dory. But we did look a hell of a lot better uh, with him at centre-back than we did the partnership of Dennis Adoy and Tim Ream. So once he's back to full fitness, there will be an improvement. But overall, there needs, there, you know, people need to start asking questions about the whole team. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Tom, how are you feeling, my friend? Are you all right? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Reese used a few of my uh, descriptions, but let's go anyway. I thought you uh, Humiliated, depressed, angry, confused, ashamed. Did I say depressed? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean okay, so we, let's start with the positives. And, and now I'll move on to the negatives, which, <laughs> which is, you know, we absolutely crumbled like a stale Welsh cake. Uh, somehow, uh, average goals conceded, which was already terrible, is is getting worse you know it's gone it's averaging three a game but the last two games it's four and a half it's utterly miserable i can't find anything to pick up on that's positive i mean Reese did a good job there of alfie mawson i i didn't see it personally i think we looked just as bad in the second half as we did in the first half apart from we we started a bit better with a bit more of the ball but you know i, I guess the positive is that the playoff final is still in uh recent memory yeah, because, uh, it's well, a, bit, we, a hell of a long way from that, isn't it? Absolutely. But also the, another post, slight positive, I suppose, or maybe you could say two positives before we do an analysis: uh, Seth scoring a goal and Shola yeah. having a worldie. But other than that, this is not a day to be too. You, you uh, know, funnily enough, as much as good as Shola's goal was, mm. I want us to be, to be scoring, you know, goals from good chances. Yeah. In the same way that when you can see the goal from thirty yards, what can you do? But, you know, if you score a hit and hope, it, it, we weren't in the game at that point. And, you know, it, it was a, it was against run of play. And I'd much rather him score from inside the six-yard box. But, yeah. you know, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm pissing on the only positive, really. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I won't take it away from you. All right. Can I, just, well, can, I just, can I just add one thing? What I will say, again, please. is this another, there's a bit of praise for Alfie Mawson. And praise for Neil Lethridge, who I was never a fan of at Fulham. I still hold a grudge for him for the way he dealt with the dense game back in 2011, the fact that he cost us another decent European one. But my word, that was a hell of a save from Alfie Mawson out the corner. That was the mm. turning point. Yeah, if, we yeah. get a, if we get a goal there, I think we go and get another one. So that is a... Um, I'm not, not a huge fan of Lethridge, but that was the moment that more or less changed the game, in my view. All right. And going originally to what you were saying, Reese, about the formation, the lineup, we had four centre backs playing in a full back four. So we had we had MLM as left back and we had Reem as centre back alongside Callum Chambers and Adoy as right back. Is it started correct? off initially with Callum Chambers at right back, which That's was a right. weird which was a weird one to me. We did uh, go back we did go back and change it eventually. Um, personally, I still think uh, Le Marchand is a better left back than he is a centre back. So I want to personally class him in the left back category in my in my mind. And 
in regards to you said about, I still think Dennis Adoy is a right back playing a centre back. So count him out as well. I still don't think that he reads the game well, but I still don't think a defender of his height is going to be a long-term solution for a Premier League side. He is a fullback, and that is it at this level. That's all he is. Yeah, and Dom, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make you take you back in time to when we thought we could actually win this game when you saw the opening lineup. Did you think that this was a good defensive lineup? I mean, it was a. I'm just gonna say this. This is again the ninth the ninth different combination at the back this season. So, <laughs> But did you feel a little bit assured by it when you saw the starting lineup at all? It's tricky. It, I think if uh, Dennis Adoy had started on the right, I would have been a bit more confident. Yeah. But everyone knows, I mean, Slav surely should know that Callum Chambers is no right back. You know, and it's worrying that Slav even thinks, oh, we're conceding a lot of goals. I know, let's play four centre-backs. It, I mean, how did he expect that to work? It doesn't mean you're suddenly more, def- you're, you know, you're more solid at the back. What it means is you've got, you, you're still trying to play, you know, the expansive attacking fullbacks style of football. And you've just got two centre-backs who aren't used to playing like that and getting caught out of position all the time, even more than general fullbacks were. You know, uh, Christie last week, he, he did, well, about the same performance as Callum Chambers managed. But yeah, yeah, it's like you can't continue to play with marauding fullbacks if two of them are centre-backs. And, it, it, you know, if, if you're going to bring in four centre-backs, then, you know, ask the the wingers to track back a bit or, or something. It's just, it, it didn't work. And it's worrying that he thought it was going to work, to be honest. The thing is, Le Marchand is decent, is a decent player going forward as a left-back. Callum Chambers, it was something, it was something I spotted is, you don't have that set. Similar to Ryan Fredericks last year, was an attacking fullback. Callum Chambers, I don't think, offers anything as an as an attacking as an attacking fullback. Do you have any confidence in him? Um, you know, running down the wing, overlapping the uh, the opposing fullback, and putting a cross in. No, he doesn't come across as that type of player. So why Slav had this idea? You get that sense with Dennis Adoy. Dennis Adoy is much more faster, much quicker, uh, better on the ball, so he can uh, cross the ball better. If you're gonna play with that uh, that roster in you know, that four, surely you'd want to have Dennis Adoy at right back from the start, rather than having to adjust to it midway through the game. When we, yeah, when we were two one down by that point, but um, I, I don't think Le Marchand is much of an attacking fullback either. To be honest, um, <laughs> you know, just if you're playing with four centre backs, don't ask them to attack. That, that's that's <laughs> my my opinion on the formation. Okay, excellent, excellent. So, look, Mr. Reese, can we just ask a question here? And I'll go to Dom up afterwards on this as well. How awful was Callum Chambers in the flesh? I mean, are we going to... Is his time up now? Can he possibly be ever be recalled again into this squad? No, I think... I, there's, it's similar to what I said about Abubakar Kamara last year. There's something there. You can tell that there's something there in him. There's something there that needs to be brought out. And playing a right back isn't going to do that. I still think our best defensive strategy going forward, and this may you know improve him much in the much in the way Nemanja Vidic carried uh, Rio Ferdinand for all those years at Manchester United. I think if you put a, a defensive partnership of Alfie Mawson and Callum Chambers together. I think Alfie Mawson can bring, you know, bring a little bit more out of Callum Chambers. I think that needs to be the way we do it going, the way we do it going forward. 
stuff what you know you can have any combination of whoever you want um as your other two fullbacks you can have brian you can have lemarchant on the left you can have cess if you so desire you can have the other cess if you so desire you can have fossey uh christie odoy uh anyone on the right you so desire but i think the defensive partnership going forward needs to be callum chambers and alfie mawson at center back or if you are so inclined that you think Callum Chambers should be nowhere near the squad, I understand where you're coming from. I just uh, I just don't tend to agree. Then I think a, a dominant centre back needs to be what uh, needs to be the one and only target. We don't want to go on another another spending spree in January, but mm. a dominant centre half needs to be not a five foot eleven ball player. A dominant centre half needs to be our one and only target for. For uh, for the January transfer window, if you want to put in a fifty million pound bid for Harry Maguire, try it, see how far you can get. But that needs to be our target. And Mr. Dom, I was going to ask you about Cyrus Christie. Do you think we missed him in this game? And was Slav perhaps a little bit rash in not playing him due to his performance the week before, or do you think he was trying not to ho- uh, not to play him after recovery for playing for Ireland because he had a good game for Ireland, albeit in a different position? Yeah, he started on the left, didn't he, for Ireland? Uh... It's it's weird how he could play well, you know, a few days after that that performance he put in, which was against Arsenal, was one of the all time bad right wing back. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, games for me. Um, I I don't know. Did we miss him? I don't think it would have made much difference. I think we've got a real problem uh, in <laughs> that position. Um, I don't think Fossey Mens is the answer either because I haven't seen enough from him. As for Chambers. I, I wouldn't care if he never played for us again, to be honest. He's He's been terrible, and I think he's been just as bad at centre-back as he was uh, at right-back. You know, I'm getting a similar thing from him, you know, how, how bad Chris Baird looked when he first played for us. Mm. You know, he, he was all over the shop, and eventually he, he, he recovered, so maybe Chambers has got a chance. But, you know, I, there's something in him that he's... He, he's almost like he's still that that young prospect, but I think he's what twenty three, twenty four now. So the time for him to make been making those mistakes that he makes is, is a few years back. And I think, uh, I think you know, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to see the back of him. Yeah, I have a slight feeling similar to Reese that I think there is something within Chambers that can be brought out. But I think he is a relic of the Arsene Wenger era who has been a passenger of that squad for a long time now. And I think he hasn't actually understood what it's like to be competitive like this, perhaps for quite a while. But that's just my opinion. Uh, Mr. Reese. I know our defence is an issue, but you made a point to me the other day and said, this isn't just the defence that is the problem here. Now, our midfield, are are we getting slaughtered because people like Jean-Michael Serri are not making the passes to cut people out? Yeah, I think John Michel Seri is playing in the wrong role. What he's trying to do is mm. he's trying to recreate. I want to put this. I want to put this in football manager terms, just because it's the simplest terms I understand. Therefore, it's the only terms I understand. But no if you want to go to football manager, he's trying to be the advanced playmaker in football manager speak. When really he should be a box to box midfielder, similar to. I'm not comparing the stars. I'm not saying they're on the same level. But what Yaya Toure did in 2013-14 when Man City still when that was because that was in my mind the best ever individual season by a Premier League player of all time. No argument. Yaya Toure playing box to box, and that that's what Jean Michel Siri should be doing: picking the ball up and running at people, and then spraying it out wide to whoever to whoever the two wingers are, 
and then have and then have Tom Kenny, who I know is injured, but have him sitting there and and have him there sitting and spraying the passes. He's playing the wrong role. I think that's what he's more adept, uh, what he's more adept at doing. And we're trying to build the team around him, but he's in the wrong role. So I think we need to I not not rejig them because I think we all know what our strongest midfield what our best midfielder what our best midfield is when everyone's all set and ready to go. I think Zangisa at defensive midfield. It's Seri and Kearney. They can play together, but they need to be disciplined and understand what their roles are. Because there there is a there is a very good Premier League central midfield duo in there. They just have to work it out. All right. And Mr. Dom, what's your opinion on Seri? He came off again. This is, I believe, the third time he's been subbed off now. Um, I'm hearing a lot of voices saying his performance was just toilet. What, what are your thoughts on him? I sort of see uh, Reese's point that he's he's playing the wrong role, uh, but I think that's sort of come about by the fact that we're missing Tom Kenny, right? And that, Tom Kenny is more of that kind of pivot further up the pitch, and the play, um, you know he's got runners around him, and that that's really when we tick, but. Um, you know, Seri didn't play well. He's he started really well, obviously, for for a couple of games. He's gone off the boil a bit, but I, I don't see I don't see, you know, a terrible performance from him. I think our big problem in midfield is is the holding player. Kevin McDonald, you know, with the way we play with the, the fullbacks going up the pitch, yes. we need someone in the middle to drop back and you know split the defense a bit and kind of play just in front of the uh, the, the central defenders. And in the championship, K-Mac did that really well. He just did the step up to the Premier League. I don't think he's he's good enough. I don't think he's quick enough. He doesn't um, he doesn't move the ball fast enough. He he seems to be behind the speed of his tackles as well. Um, Angisa, when he's there, he's he's not the same kind of player. I don't think he he's more of a kind of you know harrying, winning the ball back, moving around midfield sort of thing. And then because of that. W- We've got midfielders who 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 roam, and you know Stephanie Hansen was there, and he's another one who who doesn't stick to a position. And because of that, there's just a gaping hole in the middle. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we need to replace Kmac with a better version of Kmac. I, I don't think we've got the midfielders to do that, and that's a big worry. All right, very good, very good. And another thing that has been mentioned at the moment is how it's our defense is awful, like no question about it. But actually, it wasn't so much, it was more individual errors that let us down that day, all over the park, like so many individual ones. And how do we go about by stopping the rot here? For instance, Bettinelli had an absolute howl at Reese, didn't he? Um, I, I, I want to stick up for Bettinelli because I, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I, want to put that, I want to put that down simply to he was, um, wasn't quick enough because he was still feeling the effects from what I'm still going to call his Niemi moment in the first half and his <laughs> near Niemi moment a couple of minutes later, which I don't know if that ever got any coverage on match of the day, but when he got into the first half, he tried to do the same again, but headed it and all, nearly landed just as awkwardly. I think that much in the same way David Seaman probably would have got the ball in 2002 against Ronaldinho had he not gone over i think it was danny mills's back i think that affected me he just couldn't get down, he just couldn't get down quick enough it was perfectly placed however i think that that's the one spot in the goal that that he was never going to get i don't want to put too much blame on on Benetti, but yes he should he should absolutely he should be doing better with his with his positioning to start with but i don't want to put the whole thing on him 
I am still a Bettinelli fan. I still think he should be number one. I will say that. All these all these talks about going back to February. No, I think is I think his time has come and gone. The only question is, is Bettinelli better than Sergio Rico, who we have not seen yet? That's the one question. All right. And uh, Mr. Dump, what do you think about these individual errors that are coming across on the pitch now? Is this a case of potentially Slav has lost the dressing room, a lack of confidence, a mixture of everything? Because, I mean, it looked like about three or four players couldn't even clear the bloody ball towards the end of the game. Yeah, it's really hard to to put it down to something. It's worrying that there's so many individual errors from a whole load of teammates because mm. it then is almost as if, well, they're not individual errors. There's something wrong with the team here. Um, I, I don't think he's lost the dressing room because, you know, I think he's he's still got a lot of respect from the players from, from what I can see. Then It's not that they're, it's not that they're not trying. I'm not getting that. I'm getting that they're just, it's like it's preseason still. And they're, right. they're, they're behind the pace. They're, they're missing passes that, that would normally come telepathically. And it's probably a combination of, he still doesn't know his best team and we're quarter of the way through the season. But, you know, a lot of that blame for that has got to go on Slav because, you know, he's got to decide on the team. He's got to pick, you know, Wolves, look how well they're doing. They've had the same starting eleven for all nine of their matches. Sure. Um, it's no coincidence that he keeps chopping and changing and then the, the players don't really know where they are on the pitch. So, you know, it, it's almost got to the point where it's kind of too late to, to pick to settle on the team. Because you know they're, they're so bad already that it doesn't really make much difference now. Just just quickly back on on Bettinelli, it's I'm not blaming him for for the goals. He was badly positioned for their their third one, of course. Mm. But I just don't think he's <laughs> I don't think he's good enough in the championship. He, I thought he was a decent keeper. I wouldn't have had him down as a, a top six keeper even then. And you know I, I don't want to upset the the flare waving. He's one of our own brigade uh, brigade, but. We've got a 150 league game keeper and a Europa League winner, Sergio Rico, on our books. Put him in because you know, as much as anyone, I wanted Benelli to have a chance, and I think he deserved a chance. But I don't think he's good enough, and I would I'd go with Rico. Okay, all right, excellent. And so when I saw the lineup, I actually made a prediction with Don last week. Actually, well, no, I didn't. I did this privately with a friend of mine. I said that I hope that Johansson starts this game because I think Johansson would suit the style against Cardiff, a box-to-box, physical, shithousery sort of player. Now, it just seems like we couldn't deal with the physicality of Cardiff. Was was physicality what basically destroyed us, do you think, Reese? Um, I wouldn't say destroyed, but one thing I did notice was that the referee was... Uh... I don't want to say Lee, but he but he let the game play out. He didn't call up for niggly little niggly little fouls. You only really got a free kick when you when you actually deserved one. You know, there were a minor shirt pulling out that he let things play, which you know, which probably did benefit Cardiff over thing. And you mentioned Stephanie Hansen. I did notice one of the things I praised him for a couple of years ago was the fact that he never stopped running. Even you know, he can go uh full pelt for 90 minutes straight. I think that the physicality took its toll on him because towards the end, he was shot to bits. So probably he should have been the one to be brought off instead of Seri, in my mind, because he clearly didn't he clearly didn't last again. Did physicality have a hot on, on the whole team? I 
I'd probably say I'd probably say no, but on the likes of Stephanie Hansen, absolutely. All right, excellent. And Mr. Dump, are we being a bit a bit too disrespectful to Cardiff here? Did they actually play us well? Did Mr. Warnock actually completely tactically outclass Slavica? I mean, or are, are we just absolutely terrible and they do not deserve to win this game at all? <laughs> well, I mean, it's tricky. You, you, grudgingly, you have to give some respect to them because, you know, they, they were, a barring possession, they were on top in every area of the game. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, so, you know, you can't have any complaints about the result. Uh, it's just, we we didn't seem to be able to play against that kind of team. But <laughs> I was looking back. So against, you know, against good footballing teams that have got better players. So, you know, Arsenal, Spurs, Man City, we get outplayed. That's fair enough, apart from the, the second half against Arsenal, which was unacceptable. But we're to expect better team to beat us, right? <laughs> against, you know, solid teams who are difficult to break down, but have got dangerous attacking players which apart from being most teams in the league, I'm specifically thinking Watford, Crystal Palace, you know, we we struggled to break them down and then they destroyed us on the break. And then against defensive teams who supposedly have got less ability than us, they outfought us and, you know, we crumbled. So <laughs> my question, I suppose, is what sort of team in this league can we beat playing the way we do? Because we're running out. <laughs> Reese, I'll pass that question on to you, mate. What are your thoughts? I think it's probably going to have to be teams teams in and around us. I don't think there's a sort of... I, I can't put, put my finger on a certain style of team that's, that we can... That we can uh, that we can exploit that we can feel confident. The only team we've beaten this season is Burnley, who you'd think we who you think we saw, and we only really got that because they were playing in the Europa League. Mm. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a certain style of team because let's face it, we're losing to every style of team at the moment. So it's probably just going to have to be luck of the draw going on, luck of the draw and teams in and around us. Like we're going to have to go to Crystal Palace, for instance. We're going to have to go go there and get to win. We have to win at Huddersfield in a couple of weeks. A draw probably okay, but have to win at Huddersfield in a couple of weeks. Who else is going to be around us? West Ham at home. Those are, we need to start our targeting home games. I think just as it was in the in the old Premier League days, when when our away form was terrible, I think we might have to sacrifice that. You know, let's just put all effort and all concentration on the home game. Win ten home games. We've already got one. Win ten home games, and then watch the rest of the points be accumulated. A little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there. That needs to be our aim from here on out. Win 10 home games against the likes of West Ham, against Brighton when they come down, against Huddersfield, against Newcastle, even though that's the last game of the season, but you get my point. Uh, when Cardiff turn up, all those teams in the bottom half of the table, I know we shouldn't really be saying this, you know, hope for three teams worse than us, but it's going to have to be a combination of luck and, again, just praying that the likes of Huddersfield and Brighton and, you know, as much as, as, much as I think... Uh, people hate on them unnecessarily. Cardiff, we're going to have to rely on the likes of them to start falling away and, and uh, not picking up points. All right. Uh, Mr. Dom, this is going to be a really blunt question now. Um, are we in a relegation battle? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are. Come on. We? Yeah. We're, <laughs> I saw someone on, on Twitter say, how has it got to the point where we're getting outplayed by the worst team in the league? And, you know, I responded to say, I think you might need to rethink which team is the worst in the league at this coming 
current point because it's us. Yeah, we're absolutely in a relegation battle. But on the positive side, I'm not, I don't think we're mathematically out of the title race yet, are we? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. Th- don't start that. <laughs> I, I get you try. Yeah, we're trying to be light-hearted, but my we're not. We're not in a laughing mood right now, are we? In the situation no, sorry. we're in, Just drunk. of course. And to be, of course, we're in a we're in a relegation battle from the from day one, from the moment Wilfred Zaha scored at the he's he Wilfred Zaha scored against us, didn't he? He did indeed, yeah. He yeah. did. From the moment Wilfred Zaha scored against us, we're in a relegation battle. Let's not buy into this whole. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on go on about this all season just because it really annoys me. But one of the power rankings right after the transfer window has had us eighth. Don't buy into that. We're in a relegation. We're a team that's just been promoted. We're meant to be in a relegation battle. Let's just lie back and accept it. All right, perfect. And Matt Dom, second question to you. Reese was saying how we need to win against these teams now, and we need to start changing things. Now, I thought when we played the first half against Arsenal, we looked good, we looked secure. I actually felt quite comfortable watching us. But what do we do now? What can we do to actually help these home games? Because my concern is, and I'm sure everyone else's is, is that other teams now have got the... We've got... We are victims of the fear factor. Every team now is going to think, oh, it's Fulham. Okay, well, you know, they let in about an average of two or three goals a game. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's really tough because if Cardiff can score four goals, yeah, which, by the way, I think was the first time they've done that since 1961. Uh, oh! I'm on the floor. <laughs> and yeah, if that can happen, then anyone can get three or four goals against us. What I would do is, I would personally go go three like like you just said about uh, against Arsenal, go three at the back because we did look a lot more solid. Mm. Fair enough, we didn't create that much, but they didn't create as much as they did in the second half when we had four. Um, so I would try that again, and if not, I would try you know defending a line. I would bring all four defenders if it's four, put them in a line, get them to work on that because. There's absolutely no good our fullbacks being left up the pitch because how many goals in the last two games have come from down the flank where our fullback has been at halfway line? Like most of them. So that's what I would do. Just basics, defending the line, learn to attack down the flanks once you've learned to defend first, but just get a clean sheet. I would give anything for a clean sheet right now. So we should be doing everything to, to try and get that. All right, so we've mentioned quite a lot so far, but we have actually managed to criticise without being too overly critical of Slava. Now, we had some news outlets this morning saying that Slava has got two games left, and then it was basically confirmed by Fulham FC that he doesn't have two games left. Now, Mr. Reese, I'm going to go on to you for this. I think even if he hasn't got two games left, surely if Slavica doesn't win the next two games or at least get four points, he must be gone anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. it's it, 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 uh, the way you know, the way the the story came out. Basically, the Times put the story out that said, you know, Slav has two games to save his job. That was then picked up by the BBC, which is uh, which is how I saw. It. I don't know if that's how everyone else saw it. Uh, they picked up and you know and reported on the on the Times reporting that Slav has two games to save his job. And then I was listening to Talk Sport today, and they said Jim White said the Fulham. Uh, have been briefing all the newspapers saying this story is rubbish. We have uh, that has full confidence he doesn't have two games to save his job. That's basically what's happened today. Uh, I, I suspect it's two league games because it's Bournemouth, 
Then it's Manchester City in the League Cup, isn't it, between that? And then we go to Huddersfield. Have I got my fixtures in the right order there? I believe I have. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just going now. It's Bournemouth, then it's Manchester City away in the League Cup, which that's a given. Just scrap the tie now, forfeit. I don't care. Just give them the game now. And then it's Huddersfield in the then it's Huddersfield in the league on the Monday night. And yeah, absolutely. Um, go back to the initial point. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Even if he doesn't have two games to save his job, even if this was the quote unquote dreaded uh, vote of confidence, it, as I mentioned earlier, these are the games that we need to be picking up points. And if you're not picking up points against the likes of Bournemouth, who have been a good side this year, let's not just let's not discredit them. They've been a very good side. And Huddersfield away, who and Huddersfield away, who I think is right, haven't. Uh, scored a goal since I think going back to like March last year at home so they're not exactly in the greatest of shapes either if we're not picking up points against these two then we absolutely need to start looking um, officially start looking at a new manager because if those aren't the types of games you can pick up points then in the, then in this system then we're going to have to find a way and find a manager that will pick up the points in those kind of games Alright, excellent and Mr Dom, so Slavica has been given, has, has been in this situation before, especially in the last two seasons where we're in the championship, and he's managed to turn it around. But the argument against that that a lot of people are giving is that we haven't got the Barnsleys or, you know, we haven't got those games for, for us to springboard suddenly a nice run in the middle. I mean, do you believe that Slav can turn this around or do you think actually he's a dead man walking like some anticipate? I, th- I think he can because he has proven in the past that he can overcome this kind of difficulty but it's it's hard because you know the last two seasons it was mid-table to the playoff push and this time it's you know relegation to 17th is is, is what exactly. we need yeah um so you know it's a whole load more pressure i think he can he can turn it around i i agree if we lose both he will probably get the sack um, and you know, as much as I've been critical of him, I I still don't think we should do it. I think it's a, still a bit short term, and you know, I, I'm running out of you know positives to actually reasons for him to keep his job. But you know, things like he he's sort of built this identity throughout the team, and you know, it goes down to to the youth level, and we we've got you know an entertaining brand of football. It's not entertaining, obviously, seeing so many goals go goals go in at the, at the other end. But we, we've seen how good it can be. And maybe he's, he just needs to, you know, if we can just tighten it up, then maybe it's all going to come good and we'll go on a 10-game unbeaten run. But it's like, uh, I'm running, I'm, you know, the thing is, if he goes, I think Mitrovic loses interest. Uh, maybe players like like Scherler and Sessegnon might look to go elsewhere if we bring in someone of, of the likes of Sam Allardyce and... Alan Pardew, who just, you know, oh. may get some results briefly, but then it all goes to pot afterwards. And I, I, I would much rather, you know, have the overall long-term approach that we seem to have with Slav. So I, I don't want him to go, but I think he will if we lose the next two. So it's, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, I've awesome. been critical of Slav in the past and that much-wanted article that, you know, let's not mention that too many times. But in that article, I did say, I think Slav is a good man, is, is the man to keep us up. Keep us up. That's what I think he can do. 
but there is going to be a stage where we actually have to re- address the situation properly. I, th- I think we will stay. Um, it was again, it was again, listen to Talksport today. Danny Murphy said, uh, he said Rafa Benitez will, will keep Newcastle up if he stays, and he said, uh, if Slav stays, he's not 100% sure the Fulham stay up. I think Slav will keep us up or can can keep us up. It's sure. probably the best way. But it's whether or not the board get that just get just get nervous and start thinking about the long term repercussions. Because as someone said, if we do get relegated, then that's basically we need to reset ev- we need to reset everything. It was you know, we had the similar threat, if you want to put it that way, if we didn't win the playoff final. We are at such a critical stage. We have to get this season absolutely right. And it's just a case of whether or not the board think um, Slav is the man to do it or if they're going to... I'm not, I'm not going to say chicken out, but if they're going to actually say, right, we're staying up this season no matter what, no matter who's managing, stuff the long-term you know, somewhat uh, aspirations. This year we need to stay up and we'll address everything come next summer. Yeah, my my worry with that is, you know, last time that ended up with Felix Magat, and you know, no one wants that again. No, that's um, that is fair enough. That is fair enough. In, honestly, point... in all honesty, if we're going to play four three three, I'd like to go. I like quite like to go back and get Rennie Mullenstein. I think he was doing an excellent job until Sacharitha gave away a sloppy penalty against Liverpool. Rennie Mullenstein would have kept us up. I maintain that. If we want to go back, let's go back and get Rennie Mullenstein. He's the man. <laughs> okay well i think i think i think basically what we need to really think about now is bournemouth and what we can do or what slav can do to actually fix his fix this and potentially keep his job a little while longer but going back to reese your article i just want to say i think the cats are really amongst the pigeons with that and we won't say too much more about it because it's quite taboo but i think a lot of people will be looking back in that article and their comments are being like oh okay so Kudos to you, sir. Now, that was a good little analysis. We're going to discuss a bit more of Bournemouth, but on the other side of this, we've got the quiz. Fulham. And welcome back, and now we are playing the quiz. This has got a sprinkle of Bournemouth in it, but mostly just a nice generic Fulham quiz for you. Now, these questions are not longer in set, are no longer in set, so it'll just be simple questions to both Mr. Reese and Mr. Dom. And we'll see who can get the biggest amount of points by the end of the round. Now, round one, multiple choice. Question one. The last time we faced Bournemouth in the 14-15 season, we lost 5-1 at the Cottage. Which Fulham defender was sent off that day in the 69th minute? Is it A. Amobieta, B. Dan Byrne C. Bodorov Or D. Sveritic and I'll go to you first, Mr. Reese. My initial thought, thinking back to that night, I would have got, I would have gone for Nikolai Bodorov even before you gave the multiple choice. So that's who I'm going to go with, Nikolai Bodorov. Nikolai Bodorov for you, and Matt Don. What is your answer for this? Hey, I was thinking Bodorov. Now I've heard the options. Yeah. I think it might be Amore. Amore. Final answer, Sam. Tackle, didn't he? Yeah, I'm going to go with Amore. You are correct. You have a point. Unfortunately, Reese, it was Amori Bieta. Sorry about that. Right, fine. Okay, question two. 21 players have been used in the Premier League this season for Fulham. Which player has played the least minutes overall? Is it A, Kenny, B, Floyd Ayite, C, Fabry, or D, 
AK-47 Kamara. Mr. Reese. Uh, my first thought is Fabri only really played the first two games. Uh, Palace at home, so that's only so that's only 180. So it's whether or not the rest of the players have filled in enough because I I don't think Aita's Aita hasn't been a regular starter. Kamara's lost his place from the start of the season, but he would have got some substitute minutes. Kenny's been injured a lot. I'm going to say Fabri in goal. I'm going to go for Fabri. Okay, for Fabry and for you, Mr. Dom. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to go. I don't think. I don't remember at least Ayute starting a game. He's come on a few times off the bench, but I know AK, Kenny, and Fabry have all started. So I'm going to go with Ayute. I'm going with Ayute. All right, stand by. Ayute is the correct answer. Ayute has only played for 104 minutes. Tom Kenny has played for 267. Fabri has played for 180, and Kamara has played for 153. Unlucky there, Mr. Reese. All right. Question three. Guess the figure. I love this one. In the nine Premier League matches so far this season, how many subs have we made out of, out of a possible 27? How many subs have we made out of, out of a possible of 27 subs this season? All right, Reese, your guess first. 23. Going for 23. Mr. Dom, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one other side, 24, because I think I think it's a bit more than that. I can't remember us not using all three. The answer is 26. So, Mr. Dom, you have three points, and Reese, you have absolutely none at all. I am sorry. Question four: Which was the only game where we opted not to use all three subs? Mr. Reese, who do you think? Oh, bloody hell! <sighs> Whoever came up with these questions, I'm blaming you for this, Danny. These are absolute stinkers, but I like them. <laughs> They're stinkers, but I like them. They make you think. Um, I'm going to say Burnley at home. Burnley at home. And for you, Mr. Dom? Oh, that's a good call because we won. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, guess one out of nine. Uh, Watford. You are both wrong. Ironically, wait for this, the team there where we did not use all three subs was Manchester City away. Manchester City away. All right, round two, back and forth. Now, this is each both worth 10 points to you, potentially. Okay, so I'll ask the question now, and we go back and forth with 10 guesses each. Okay, so here's the question. 21 players have scored against us in the Premier League this season. Crikey. Name them. 10 guesses each. Starting with you, Mr. Reese. Guess Callum number one. Yep. And for you, Mr. Dom? Uh, Wilf Sahar. That's correct. And for you, Mr. Reese? Harry Kane. That's correct. And for you, Mr. Dom? Bobby Reed. Correct. And for you, Mr. Reese? Um, Kieran Trippier got a free kick at Wembley. That is correct. And for you, Mr. Matt? Dom. <laughs> Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, right. Very good. Nice full wording of his name there. And for you, Mr. Reese. Uh, I've got to pick him eventually. Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey. Very good. And for you, Matt Dom. Uh, Lacazette. That's correct. And for you, Mr. Reese. Uh, go for the one of the other scores at Wembley. Lucas Mora. Fine goal. Very good. And for you, Matt Dom. Andre Gray. Andre Gray, exactly. And for you, Mr. Reese. Uh, Andre 
Uh, oh, now now it's actually getting tough. Now now I'm running out of answers. Um, one of the Man City, Bernardo Silva, I think, scored against us. That is correct. Bernardo Silva is absolutely correct. And next guess for you, Mister Mister Dom. Uh, Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané. That is correct. All right, Mister Reese. Next guess. All right, now the pressure's on. I've got to go. Mm. Going through the game. Um, Andre Gray from Watford. Uh, Silva, Sane. Who else would have scored at Man City? Would Don't it... take too long, otherwise it's a genius. Okay, uh, Raheem Sterling. That is correct. That's a point for Mr. Reese. Yeah. Mr. Dom. Uh, I can't remember both the other Cardiff players, but I think Murphy. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Mr. Reese. Um I I Caden Harris. Is it Caden Harris for Cardiff? Caden Harris for Cardiff. That is correct. Thank you, Mr. Reese. Caden Harris did indeed score. Right, Mr. Dom. Oh, there must be a game I'm forgetting. Um the way this season's gone, I don't blame you for forgetting them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's there's a lot of goals going. Ah, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. That's very good. That's a point for you, Mr. Dom. And Mr. Reese. Uh, I believe this is your final guess, is it not? Oh, my final guess. Um, who else would have scored in that Everton game? Who's been good? Oh, who's that Turkish bloke? Um, Tosin. Tosin. Chenk. Tosin. Senk. Tosin. I know his last name. Tosin. Tosin is correct. Excellent. Yeah. And for you, Mr. Dom. God. Um, this is the pain of going last, isn't it? Oh, I take all the good answers. The, uh, I think, yeah. I think Tarkowski for Burnley. That is correct. You both have scored ten points each. Well done, oh. gentlemen. Well done. So that is thirteen points for Mr. Matt Dom, and it is ten points for Mr. Reese. Who did we good. miss out on then? So I will read them to you now. So, so I was going to go with Goodwinson. I know yep. one. I know one is Glenn Murray. It's just sprung to mind. Oh, yeah. Dan Brighton. Jeffrey Schlup. Oh, Schlup scored the other one for Palace. Yes, okay. he did. Okay, news to me. And uh, Jeff Hendrick. For Burnley. Okay. Yes. Um, Bobby Reed. Did someone say Reed? You said yeah. Reed. Yeah. Um, Lacazette, we said. Gilfie Sigurdsson, Leroy Sane, David Silva, Tarkowski, Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray scored two. Lacazette scored two. Aubameyang scored two. Um, Callum Patterson, Keedim Harry. I think we've got everything other than that. Fill your boots. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting, isn't it? It's absolutely, absolutely disgusting. Some of those players oh. have scored against us as well. It's shocking. I know. <laughs> okay, right. So round three, we're yeah, going to we do... Def- yeah, we definitely go for the top of the list and the bottom because we've had Lacazette, Aubameyang, Sane, Bernardo Silva score against us, which is, which is all well and good. But then Jeffrey Schlupp as well. It's definitely the top and the bottom of the pile. Jeffrey Hendrick as well. Yeah, just absolutely shambolic. Anyway, round three. Okay, so this is an interesting round, ladies and gentlemen. Well, your guys, just gentlemen. So I'm going to name you some facts about this player. And the number of facts I'm going to give you are ten. Now, you can butt in at any time you want, but it depends when you butt in. Because if you butt in before I've given three facts, you get five points. If you butt in before I've, uh, when I've given before I've given six facts, you get four points. If you butt in before I've given nine facts... Do you see what I mean? Do you see where I'm going with it? Excellent. But if you butt in too early, 
and you are wrong, you are frozen out and it goes to the other player automatically. So if you are desperate for the points, in your case, Mr. Reese, you might be three yeah. points a bit desperate. You need to make sure you know the answer to this. All right. So here I go. Round three, guess the player. Fact number one. This player is six foot two tall. Fact number two. He played at the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa. Fact number three. He made 127 appearances for the club. Okay. Fact number four. He signed on the 29th of August 2008 from Sunderland. Does John Pantil. Oh! No! <laughs> oh, that is Mr. Reese completely club. frozen out, I'm afraid. As soon as so. I had the S for the club, I knew it went wrong. <laughs> I think I might have this, so I'm going to sure? leave it a couple. <laughs> okay, we could just read it, yeah. Fact number five. He scored his, fir his first of six goals for the club in an away win against Man City. Fact number six. He made his debut for his country in the African Cup of Nations. Fact number seven. His brother is also a professional footballer. Yeah, I got it. Go on. It's uh, Mr. Dixon Atuhu. That is absolutely correct, Mr. Dom. That is absolutely correct. And you got it in the seven to, seven to nine category. So that gives you an extra three points. So you are currently on 16 points, my friend. 16 oh, points. And, <laughs> and Mr. Reese, you are on 10. So in fact, that is the end of the quiz. And Matt Dom has won yes. with 16 points. And Mr. Reese, you have gone home with 10. So, Matt Dom, as our prize for this week, you are going to get a pair of nice C. Klein boxer briefs. Some nice C. <laughs> Klein, bo <laughs> C Klein boxer briefs, which are, tend to be completely filled with utter bollocks. So, there you go. C. Thank you. Boxer wow. briefs. I'll put them on under my sumo wrestling outfit. Very good. Very, very good. All right. That was fun, guys. Now, let's go on to a bit of Bournemouth preview after this. Fulham. And welcome back to the Fulham Focus podcast. Now, we're going to have a little preview of Bournemouth. Now, we've talked about what we think we should do for future games. Mr. Dom thinks three at the back. I think three at the back. But, Reese, how do you think we should be setting up for this game with everything in mind that we are completely pants at the moment? Um, I think three at the back as well. I don't know who it is. There's, there's so many Matts and so many Johns and so many different people sure. on the uh, on the much-coveted Fulham WhatsApp group, the one that everyone wants to join but sadly cannot, um, that thinks we need to mirror Gareth Southgate's 3-4-2-1, if that's the way you want to sort of label it, um, from the World Cup. That, I think, is the way that... That's the way I think we need to go from from here on out. It makes it a you know, strong defensive line. It means the Callum Chambers gets to play at right centre back, but not necessarily at right wing back. So he gets to play, but at a position that's actually suitable to him. Gets Alfie Mawson in there as well. The only question is then, who do you sacrifice and who do you have as the two wing backs? Do you have a Doyle as a wing back? Is he capable enough of doing that? I personally don't think so. So you'd have to go naturally for Cyrus Christie or Fossu Mensah when he gets back. You'd then have to put Cess to left back if you so desired and have probably Vieto, Vieto and Scherner behind uh, Mitrovic in midfield. And then you've got to pick pick one of Kenny or Seri because um, 
because I think they can't play together in midfield two. They work in midfield three, but not necessarily midfield two. So you'd have to sacrifice one of them. And in that sense, I think it would have to be Tom Kenny, but you can't really do that because he's captain of the club. But anyway, I think that three four that three four two one needs to be the way we go. The first thing we need to do is uh, shut up shop at the back. Um, it was you know it was Roy Hodgson's philosophy: if you at least keep a clean sheet, then you've got one point, and that's really all we can hope for at the moment. Take one point and then try and build from there. So that's the way I think we need. That's the way I think it needs to go. Mr. Dom, anything you want to add to the points you were saying of what our formation should be? I mean, is there anyone in particular that you feel that we should be watchful of in this game from the Bournemouth side of things? Anyone on their team who's got legs? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Callum Wilson. I mean, he's exactly the sort of player who's going to cause us trouble. They're they they're quick and they they don't create a huge amount of chances, but they're very very efficient with their shooting. And, you know, Arsenal showed uh, uh, if a team can do that, then then we're in trouble. I would, I don't, I can't really disagree with much of uh, what Reese has said, to be honest. Um, I, like I said, I'd put Rico in goal. But for the rest of it, I think is that's the way we have to go in order to, um, you know, when we're defending, have five at the back uh, and then maybe sacrifice a bit of that um, attacking threat down the flanks. But with, with Scherler and Vieta in behind Mitrovic, then that should be, you know, good enough to get goals. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're a threatening, quick attacking team, and yeah, we really need to be on it if we're going to get anything out of it at all. All right, excellent. And there are rumours that Tom Kenny will be back for this game. I mean, that could be the difference, don't you think, Mister Reese? That actually, if him and you might get everything that you talked about earlier with him and Seri, and Seri finally being able to play the position that you craved. Yeah, yeah, because we need that creative, that creative spark in the middle of the field, particularly if we're going to have, you know, Scherler and in, a, in any world you could, you could have Vieto on the wing, you could have Sessignon either way, uh, either one works. If we're going to stick with a four-three-three, either one, you know, either one works. Um, if they sort of cut inside a lot more and offer Mitrovic more support through the middle, then Tom Kearney playing through balls through to either of them as well as, uh, you know, as well as Mitrovic. Um, that could be the 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 one key thing that we're that we're missing is playing balls behind the defence for those two for those two to run onto. That that could be the the key thing that we're missing. The next thing we I want to mention is that we were talking about you know Slav and how many games he has left, and I think we could actually just have one last round of positivity here, where it's very important that the home crowd are the the home crowd are the twelfth man in this game. No? That we actually, we owe it to Slav to really get behind him and the boys this time round because, like you said, this could be his last two games. I mean, Mr. Dom, do you think that the fans will have to make a huge impact here? It's going to actually be very reliant on them for us to get something. Yeah, absolutely. And Reese mentioned earlier how how important your home games are. I mean, you know, you look at Brighton last season and their really solid home record. Bournemouth are brilliant at home. And, you know, if we want to be in that category of team who keeps their head above water, then we really need to be winning our home games. And just as much as any other team, you know, we've we've really got to turn up on the day. And I know there were, there were some people booing at the at the end of the Cardiff game. Yeah. Uh, it, it does wind me up because who does that benefit apart from you getting a bit of frustration out? Um, it, it's going to the head players head are going to go down 
there's 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 no way booing is going to you know encourage them in any way so let's let's draw a line under it turn up for Bournemouth expecting to win like we always do and really get behind the lads because you know more than anything in a relegation battle that that can make the difference yeah I think that's one important thing to point out is that the 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 boo boys if you want to put them that way are still are still in the minority it's one it's once you get it's one of it's one of the things that you know many people you know pick up pick up on over the years is once the majority of the crowd the home going crowd start booing at the end of halves and at the end of games and you know during general passages of play that's when you know things have really gotten bad and i think it's a credit um it's a credit to our fan base that you know the the people it, it's still talk, it's talking amongst ourselves whether or not um you know Slav is the right man or how bad our performances have been for the most part the play we haven't expressed it uh, vociferously to the players so th- and that's you know when the tide really starts so, you know the, the players know that we you know we have their su- they have our support we have their support so on and so forth we still think we can turn it around once it actually starts to get a majority of the crowd start booing that's when you know the tide is turned so if we can just create a nice i would say decent that's harsh or that's no patronizing if we get a, a very good atmosphere at the Bournemouth game, really get behind the lads, say, right, we're not giving up just yet. There's still hope. That's what we need to do. Uh, I think I mentioned it, I may have mentioned it before, I may not, but I'll say it again. We need to make the Craven College a fortress again. And the one th- and the, the key behind that is making sure you make as much noise as you can um, for the home games. Bring the clappers, bring, as, bring multiple clappers if you so desire. Make as much noise as you can. Drown out any Bournemouth um, any Bournemouth sound, make sure that the only noise that's coming is is from the um, is from the Hammy end, the Johnny Haynes stand, and the Riverside stand. All right, fantastic. I All right, guys. that probably would have worked better with instrumental music playing in the background. No, that's absolutely fine, but it's just quite confusing because it just sounds like Sean Dyche speaking, but it, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love one it. I love it. When we did that, when we did that radio show, is I didn't. You know, when he said, "I just want to talk about," football, I real I can actually do a decent Tyson Fury impression just for saying, "I'm just here to talk about." No, I can't do it now. Just to, but the whole I'm just here to talk about boxing. So you can't. I can do that. <laughs> just that one phrase. I can't do it generally, but I'm sounding more like Tyson Fury than I am Sean Dyche. <laughs> Brilliant. Is that okay? uh... Yeah, I wouldn't. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing at all, mate. All right, that is it for the. Bournemouth preview, quite a quick one, but we don't want to dwell too much longer on these negative things. It's it's tiring. All right, so now, guys, I'm going to move on to a final thing, just to inject a tiny bit more lightheartedness into this lovely episode. We are going to have a little section called Yank My Chain. Now, it's not as weird as it sounds, but I'm going to talk about... Hold on, tell us the title beforehand. Well, I... <laughs> that is a surprise. But, I mean, the reactions were priceless, so it's great. So, yank my chain. So, Mr. Mister Reese is going to sort of imagine you're in court, and this is sort of like, you know, a few good men sort of territory here. Mr. Reese is representing Danny McBride, and Mr. Dom is representing Clint Dempsey. I am the judge. Representing McBride. You said Danny McBride, don't you? I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I disrespect my client like that again, Your Honor. I'm so sorry. All right. Okay. 
Start, uh, just rewind a bit, Don. Thank you. Now, the point of the game is this. I want you both, or everyone listening, to imagine we're in a courtroom. I am the judge, and the courtroom is a sort of a few good men setting. You can't handle the truth situation. Now, Mr. Reese is representing McBride, and Mr. Dom is representing Dempsey. I want them each in 30 seconds to give me the reason why they are the better striker than each other. And after those 30 seconds from each of them, I will make my decision of which one I think is the better lawyer for both of them. All right? So, how does that sound to both of you? Oh, my mate. All right. All right. Okay. Because I'm, I'm quite, I'm a young Fulham fan. I'm quite old, but I'm actually, I, I discovered football quite late. So this is going to be, you know, I'm on neutral territory here. So I'm very open to being completely swindled either way. So we will start with the 30 seconds going to Mr. Dom. All right. 30 seconds going to Mr. Dom for Clint Dempsey starting now. Dempsey will try and chip one. Ah! Ah! single greatest moment in my Fulham support in life and a lot of other people's Fulham support in life as well. You know, I, I didn't see Brian McBride down there on the pitch getting us to a Europa League semi-final. Uh, you know, McBride might have paved the way for the Americans at Fulham, but Dempsey took it to a whole new level. He was there during our Premier League peak and he was a big part of that. And that's the time up, I'm afraid. player in the league. Fine. Okay. 30 seconds. Pretty good, mate. Now, Reese, I'm ready for this. 30 seconds, your time starts now. There's only really one reason you need to give. He gave the reason of the one goal. This is similar to the Paul Scholes, Stephen Gerrard debate. Yes, Stephen Gerrard gave you greater moments, but overall, Paul Scholes is a better player. The same thing right down here. Brian McBride was the far better player, and I will give you... You want to have the uh, Clint Dempsey moment? Go and watch Aston Villa, the 3-3 draw in 2005-06. The centre-forward display that he put on that night was nothing short of sensational. And if you want, the West Brom game after that, where he flicked onto Heide Helgson, the finest centre-forward we have ever had at this club. Time's up. Excellent. That was very, very good. All right. I've made my decision. I'm going to go with Mr. McBride for Mr. Reese. No, it's, not even, very it's much. not even a discussion. This is, this is not a debate. He's the greatest American that has ever played in the Premier League, bar none. Purely because Reese gave comparisons to other players and mentioned a couple of extra bits of skill, but also, as much as I love Dom's one, it, rely, it was reliant too much on one nostalgic moment of course it was one of the greatest moments in film history let's not forget football is all about nostalgia all right that's true that's true but <laughs> i'm also i'm go i'm gonna go with mcbride yeah, say that again mr reese if you want to go for nostalgia watch the birmingham game in 2008 all right i'm gonna youtube that as soon as we're finished that's perfect thank you very much all right, and we're going to go for McBride then. All right, guys, so that is it. That's it for another episode. Thanks to all my co-hosts and to you all for listening at home. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and tell all your friends about us. Next week's show is out on Tuesday, where we'll have all the format of the Bournemouth game and see how much time Slav really now has. All right, so that is goodbye from me. That is goodbye from Mr. Reese. Come on, you whites. And that is goodbye from Mr. Dom. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, my friend. Excellent. See you soon, guys.